Almighty and everlasting God, you love everything you have made and forgive the sins of all who repent. You are the source of all grace and mercy, creating us new and contrite hearts, that we who come to you in penitence, lamenting our failures and our sins may receive from you forgiveness, reconciliation, and transformation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, it's great to see all of you today. Thank you so much for joining us for our Ash Wednesday service. My name is Christian. I'm our executive director of pastoral ministries here today. And again, we're so thankful that you're all joining us online for a little bit of a unique Ash Wednesday experience, but one where we thought we could uh, serve you and serve our, our congregation 
and still head into the Lenten season in a really, really meaningful way. Hey, if you're joining us today, we would love it if you would let us know that you are joining us today online, especially if you're a first-time guest with us and happen to be joining us for this Ash Wednesday service. All you have to do uh, if you're watching through our website is hit the connect link above the video, fill that out, and hit the submit button there, and then we'll send a small gift just to say thank you so much for joining us today. Also, if you're a regular member or attender of TLCC, if you can also do that, that would be a big help so that we can know that you joined us and also serve you best as a pastoral team. And if you're watching through Facebook, one of our pastors will link that form into the chat so that you can fill that out again and let us know that you joined us today. So today we begin a really special journey that will span 40 days from Ash Wednesday until Easter. Lent has been practiced for the near entirety of Christian history as the early church developed the practice as a method by which we prepare to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this season, we are encouraged to times of prayer, fasting, self-examination, penitence, and most of all, to focus on Christ and how much we need his grace in order to live the life he dreams for us. We are called to renew our commitments and our faith as we continually acknowledge our need of God's transforming presence within us. So over these next 40 days, we enter into repentant preparation for the celebration of Christ in the coming of his kingdom. Here's Pastor Ryan with a reading from scripture. Would you join me in a reading from Romans chapter five? Just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You are my reward, treasure of heaven. You are my supply, now and forever. And all my hope, and all my joy is found. 
Good evening, everybody. I'm so glad you've joined us today for our Ash Wednesday service. So Lent has been celebrated by Christians since apostolic times, or for nearly 2,000 years. Lent is the 40 days before Easter, not counting Sundays, and is a time when we focus on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, as with any Christian tradition, the observance of Lent is only life-giving if it is done for the right reason. And the right reason is to focus on Jesus and to prepare our hearts to receive him and his life more and more. Now, many people think that Lent is about giving something up, but that's not the point of Lent, unless giving something up helps you focus on Jesus. That being said, I'm gonna be giving something up for Lent Um, I'm going to be doing that in the same spirit in which I might practice fasting or some other spiritual discipline because in giving something up, I hope to be reminded to focus my attention on Jesus. I encourage you to consider doing the same. Lent begins today with Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is a day of repentance. When we repent, We turn away from things that keep us from Jesus, and we, again, turn our attention to Jesus. Ash Wednesday reminds us of our mortality and the life that Jesus came to bring. I read uh, something that I enjoyed about Lent from a pastor named Kevin Makins. He wrote this. He said, Ash Wednesday is a serious contender for the weirdest thing churches do. Seven weeks before Easter, Christians gather to have ashes placed on their foreheads in the sign of the cross and to hear someone say over them, remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Which is, Macon says, spiritual talk for, you are going to die. Then what happens, you wonder? And the answer is nothing. That's the end of the service. You don't even wipe the ashes off your forehead. You must carry on with your day, buying avocados at the grocery store with a cross on your forehead like a 16th century monk. That's what makes Ash Wednesday the only religious holiday no corporation wants. You can't sell remember you're going to die greeting cards. The good news of Ash Wednesday comes after the bad news. It invites us to remember our frailty, count our days, and then put our trust in Jesus who has overcome death. I appreciate Macon's words. I I would just say uh, that not only does the good news come after the bad news, but in the spirit of the New Testament, I always like to put the good news first. Instead of saying you're going to die, I would prefer to say the greater truth, the ultimate truth, which is that because of Jesus and who he is and what he did and what he does, you're going to live. See, the good news is that the bad news is necessary only to get us to the good news. See, Jesus had to face death to defeat death. He had to die in order to be raised from the dead. The bad news was a terrible few hours of crucifixion, terrible hours. But the good news is that he then entered death, defeated death, and lives forevermore. The bad news is that someday each of us are going to die. The good news 
is that those of us who believe in Jesus will be raised from the dead and will live the life that God dreamed for humanity since before the beginning, and will live that life forever. The bad news is that in order to live the life God dreams for us now, we must die to things that are keeping us from focusing on Jesus and the life he offers us now. But don't focus on the bad news. Focus on the good news. If we die to things that keep us from Jesus, we can have more and better life than we ever dreamed of now. For a believer in Jesus, dying is always a pathway to life. What I want you to focus on, though, is I want you to focus on life. Dallas Willard wrote that the simple and holy adequate word for salvation in the New Testament is life. For Willard, the word life describes everything that Jesus came to do and did and does. Our focus this Lenten season is on the Gospel of John. Sunday, we'll start a new series based on the Gospel of John. I think it's going to be uh, fantastic. We're going to talk about the story of Jesus from the Gospel of John. And one of the things that I love about John's Gospel is that John repeatedly reminds us that Jesus is life and that he came to bring us life. I mean, it's woven all the way through John's gospel. For instance, in John chapter 1, in John's introduction of Jesus to the world, which I plan to talk about at some length this coming Sunday, John said, in him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In the middle of John, just as one example, you find John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they, you, might have life and have it to the full, or have it to in all of its fullness, or have more and better life than you ever dreamed of, is the way that the message says it. We so frequently refer to it here at TLCC. At the very end of John, there's a really marvelous passage of Scripture that I've been meditating on for a few months and hope to unpack in coming weeks. It's John chapter 20, verse 30. And 31, where John, trying to wrap up his gospel, says that Jesus did many other signs, but I didn't record them in this book. And then John says, these are written, these stories about Jesus, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In other words, John begins his gospel by saying that in Jesus was life, at the, throughout his gospel, he has Jesus saying that he came to bring us life. And at the end, John says, let me tell you why I just wrote everything I wrote. It's so that by believing in Jesus, you might receive the life that can be found in his person. Now, this life is a particular kind of life. In the Greek language, there are several words that we translate life in our English language and several words that are translated life in the New Testament. One of those words uh, refers to breath, kind of the breath of life. Another word refers to biological life, the word bios. But the word that, that uh, is translated life as I've been reading it to you here from the Gospel of John is the word zoe. And the word zoe 
is just profound in its meaning and implications, especially when you understand that it's the life that was in Jesus. It's the life that Jesus came to bring us. It's the life that we can have if we believe in his name. I'm going to read about a paragraph from an article on the word Zoe by W.E. Vine. He wrote, Zoe is used in the New Testament of life in the absolute sense, life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself and which he gave to the incarnate Son to have in himself and which the Son manifested in the world. From this life, man has become alienated in consequence of the fall and of this life, men become partakers through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and who is therefore said to be the life of the believer for the life that he gives he maintains Eternal life is the present actual possession of the believer because of his relationship with Christ, and it will one day extend its domain to the sphere of the body, and this is assured by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we talk about life, we're talking about life as God has it in himself, and as Jesus manifests into the world, and life which is ours when we believe in him. Jesus offers us more and better life than we ever dreamed of. So when we talk today about repentance, I want us to think about repentance in terms of life. I want us to think about dying to things that are destructive and turning to someone who is life-giving. We die to things. That's, that's the bad news. And that's what a lot of people focus on when they think about Lent, when they think about the idea of repentance. They think about the idea of Ash Wednesday. When they think about the idea of Ash Wednesday reminds us of our mortality and so on. They, they, they think about the bad news and they think about what they have to give up. But the, but the reality is we die to things we give up things so that we can have something better. And the better that we can have is the life that Jesus came to bring us. So, again, Ash Sunday is a day, pardon me, Ash Wednesday is a day of repentance. To repent means to turn from something destructive and to turn to someone life-giving, and that life-giving one is Jesus. Repentance usually involves confession. Confession always brings forgiveness. And forgiveness opens us to new possibilities to receive life. I remind you of what John wrote in his first letter to the church about our need to confess and our need to turn from sin and to God. He said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So, one of the things then that we do on Ash Wednesday is we participate in what we call the imposition of the ashes. 
This is where typically one of our pastors uh, would put ashes on your forehead. And again, the ashes remind us, well, some would say that we're going to die and that um, we should enter this season with an awareness of our own mortality. But really, I think that when we put the ashes on, on our forehead, it should remind us that we're going to live. And it's to remind us that Jesus died and entered death and defeated death so we can live. And it also reminds us, it reminds us that, that we die to things so that we can live. Now, again, typically we do this here at the worship center in one of our Ash Wednesday services. I'm inviting you, if you'd like to, to participate in the imposition of, of ashes at your own home in your own way and either to, to, to uh, with your family or whoever you're with right now to put ashes on each other's heads or feel free just to put the ashes on your own head. The, 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 it, it's, just, it's just a symbol. It's a symbol. We, we do the imposition of the ashes in the form of the cross. We wear the ashes as a sign of repentance and we wear the cross because we've died to our sins and because we know that the cross of Jesus Christ is the answer to our sins. Now, having said all of that, what we say when we apply the ashes here, what we've said the last several years when we've celebrated Ash Wednesday, is we actually quote the words of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, where he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, that introduces a subject for another day, but suffice it to say that when John the Baptist came in to, to be a forerunner for Jesus, that one day Jesus was in the crowd, and John called on the people there to repent because he knew that Jesus, who brought heaven to earth, the kingdom of heaven, was there. John's emphasis was we need to repent because Jesus is here. And we know, and I've emphasized in my talk today, we know that Jesus is life and comes to bring us life. We repent because Jesus is here and he wants to bring us more and better life than we ever dreamed of. So we die to things today so that we can live the life that he came to bring us. So we're gonna sing a little bit. Uh, we're gonna apply some ashes to uh, the, the heads of a couple of our pastors. Ashes are gonna be applied to my head. While we sing this song, I encourage you in whatever way works for you, wherever you're at right now, if you'd like to, I'd like for you to participate in the imposition of ashes. And I want you to think about the life that Jesus brings.
So here's my prayer for us today. My prayer is that this day will launch us into a season of focus on Jesus and that each of us will receive the more and better life he came to bring, that we'll know him more and that we'll experience him more than we ever have before. This is a hopeful season. Easter is coming, but the season begins with repentance so that by dying to some things, we can fully receive the life that Jesus brings. I pray God's blessings on each of you today. In Jesus' name, amen.